You busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever heard someone use the term right place, right time? Have you ever heard that? When you hear that particular statement or phrase, what does that mean to you? Or what do you interpret that to mean? Ultimately, when I have heard that before, it translates to me as what the world would call luck. Like, man, you just so happened to be at that particular spot while they were doing that particular situation or event. And that's why you got that particular outcome. It almost seemed as if it was just maybe divine intervention, if you want to be a little bit spiritual. But it almost seemed like it was just happenstance, right? Right place, right time. Because if it was something that was a guarantee, then everyone would have been at the right place at the right time. I mean, I don't think we purposely choose not to be at the coordinates of what the world would consider luck or what the spiritual side would consider a blessing. I want to start challenging that because I think that that is a shackle to propelling and getting greater in life. I think that if we start to subscribe to it's a particular coordinate that is mysteriously unknown to most, but for some it happens to occur in a happenstance situation, then we start to omit ourselves from that particular population. Like we don't look at ourselves as, oh, that can happen to us, right? That's why when you hear most people getting their acceptance speech, most of them say, if it can happen to me, (laughs) you know, it can happen to you. I would have never thought, You know, my wildest dreams that this would have been me at on this particular platform in this particular stage receiving this particular accolade. I would have never thought. Right. Because what they're ultimately saying is, wow, who knew? But I don't ultimately think that it works that way. In this season, I have really start to do the work of wanting to see the administrative side of frustration. Because we've been talking a lot about it. And if we're going to talk about it, then we're going to pretty much dismantle it to the point that we get the recipe so that we don't ever have to cook in that stance again. What I went ahead and felt led to was look up the term opportunity. So you know that I I have a close relationship with the bishops over there at the New Oxford Dictionary. Mm -hmm. And what the bishop said is that opportunity is a noun and it's defined as a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. And I was like, hmm, okay. Uh, a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. Hmm. So what I want to start getting in the vein of is looking at frustration as an opportunity. Something is prompting you from the inside And it may derive from an external situation, but there is a prompting inside of you that is trying to get your attention because more than likely, it is trying to lead you to a promise. I went ahead and went on my my nerd flex, right? I was on my geek flow, if you will. And I really, I'm, I'm fascinated by birds. Not because it's always been a childhood dream to, to fly. That's one thing. 
But it's another thing to really identify how do you get from going in an egg and being sheltered for so long and literally not knowing anything. And then within a small window, you then are learning how to fly. Who taught you that? Like, did you go to YouTube University? Did you go to TikTok Tech? Like, what, what, how did you, what happened? And I was inspired, truly and truly. Um, I went ahead and went to, what is this? This is reconnectwithnature.org. And I'm going to just read you what inspired me. Learning to fly is a process. Hmm. And it often involves a little trial and error for the young birds because it relies not only on instinct, but also some practice. Similar to how a baby's first steps are interrupted with frequent stumbles and falls, birds don't learn how to fly in a day, the Toronto Wildlife Center reports. Learning is a process, and it often involves a little trial and error before the bird actually gets it, because it can't just rely on its instinct, but also practice. I feel like there is a preaching there, okay? Uh, how many things in life have you pushed off because of the fact that uh, it was it was taken longer than you thought or was a little bit more in, you know, in depth than you would have liked to go ahead and subscribe to? If flying is a process, then what do you think the promise and you getting there is going to be like imagine the bird saying you know what I ain't gonna hold you this is the, <laughs> I don't want to do this like the way we don't want to do certain math problems or take certain tests we'll automatically get sick that day right we'll put something in place so that we don't have to face what it is we don't want to face but if flying is a process because it, because even in the animal kingdom there is something called trial and error why are you afraid to step out what what is preventing you from stepping out and why do you look at making mistakes as if you're a mistake as if the promise is a mistake as if you're going in the wrong direction why don't you look at that like no worry this is all part of the process this is just a part of the trial and error and if I feel instinctually to keep going in this particular path on this particular journey then I know that God's going to go ahead and put his super on my natural and what's going to bound to happen is that what was once a process will become my promise why don't we look at it like that can you imagine being a bird and saying I tried this many times I'm done when everyone else on the outside can look at you and automatically know you are a bird you were meant to fly the thing about the animal kingdom and, and flying versus humans is that uh, most of the time we can't see our own promise. Most of the time uh, we know that we have these particular wings, but we don't really know uh, how to fly. We don't know how high we can fly because every bird can't fly at the same velocity. What an eagle may call a breeze, uh, one bird may choke because that altitude is too much, sir. Uh, yeah, this is airplane mode, and I, I can't. It's a lot in my nose. It feels like skydiving to a bird, and I'm not going to be able to do it. But what if you got around some other birds? <laughs> uh, not the hood term, you feel me? Uh, that also was determined to 
demolish the process, to go through the process, that wasn't scared to take that opportunity, that didn't look at the frustrations and the trials as mistakes. That's why I'm so intrigued by failing forward. I don't believe in failure. I believe you learned a new way not to do a thing. I believe that if you were to really go ahead and dissect the air quote failure, that you would find the jewel in that. When I went ahead and uh, started off venturing into new careers, I quickly learned what wasn't for me. And so I knew what jobs not to apply for in the future. Now, if I were to go on an interview now, I know exactly the questions to ask before I sign anybody's W anything. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not signing any tax forms because I've asked enough questions to position myself for the promise that it doesn't have to be a part of the process of trial and error. Do you see what I'm saying? So then I went ahead and I went to bird watching buzz. And it intrigued me to learn that it says, and I quote, the time taken for a bird to learn to fly from being born varies, but it's generally between 10 days and three weeks. I'm sorry. Uh, Did you say that it takes a bird 10 days and three weeks? Between 10 days and three weeks, right? So so you're telling me that um, I can't look at one species of bird being another species of bird myself and say, man, but it only took such and such 10 days to get to her promise. When God actually gave you the same promise, he just gave you a different time frame. That's why it is so dangerous to compare yourself. And I think that we do the right thing in a wrong way. I think we are supposed to look at other people and we're supposed to look at our surroundings and we're supposed to look at our counterparts. But I don't think that we're supposed to look at them and copy and paste. I think instead of saying, man, you learned it in three days, I should have learned it in three days. We should look at it and say, man, what you learned in three days, I'm going to go ahead and get it because I know that if you learned it, I, I'm going to learn it too. You got the same things that I have. God is not a, 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 a particular, Bible says that he does not favor man. So because he's not customizing you to be different from me in a way that a looks like you win and I lose maybe this looks like you win first and I win fourth but I still win maybe if we started looking at things and situations and people in that light there would be no such thing as jealousy and envy hmm maybe if we started looking at it like that like if you made it out the job that was toxic if you made it out the relationship that was toxic if you made it out the situation that we both decided we no longer deserve or want to be a part of if you made it out of that then yo I'm excited because that means that God is still in the blessing business that means that I'm on my way that means that if I keep being close to you and seeing that you're doing something that you are actually going to prompt me to the promise do you understand where I'm getting to? And I'm using the, the, the birds because it's sometimes we need an outside view of something that's happening inside of us. I went ahead and went to animals.mom.com. And it says young birds learn to fly from their parents and by practicing near the nest. One of the main ways they practice is by spreading their wings and jumping to a nearby branch. So you mean to tell me that even in the animal kingdom, you have to see somebody do it and then go off and in a smaller scale practice exactly that? Yes. I need you to start getting around people who want to do what it is that you're called to do. 
I need you to start YouTubing and Googling and looking at people that are currently doing it, looking at people in the past that have done it. Because let me explain something to you. There's nothing that is new under the sun. Ecclesiastics, it is written in that. And I promise you that what God called you to do is not something new. He just wants you to do it in a new way. We are far beyond, far past the somebody inventing light by themselves, okay? We are far from somebody inventing the wheel. Those were things that were new. Those were true trailblazers and groundbreakers, if you will. What you are called to do is make another lane that is specified for your particular calling that God puts your thumbprint on so that you can do it in a unique way. And what he wants you to do is something new in a new way, but it's not something that was never done. I don't care if he called you to make chicken. <laughs> you have a zillion people who try to go ahead and make chicken. Like I said before, you go in the aisle in any grocery store and look at the different brands of bread. God called somebody <laughs> to make bread after somebody else already made bread, but he just said, do it in a different way. I, don't, I want wheat on, on the market. Yeah, I know that there's wheat and there's white, but I want you to go ahead and make bride. I want you to make pumpkin. I'm so happy that somebody didn't stop and say, but somebody else already made bread, but they didn't make it the way that you made it. They out here making loaves. I want you to slice it. Yeah, but nobody made pumpernickel yet. I need you to do something new in your own customized way, but the whole entire vicinity of what you're getting ready to do is not new. I need you to get close. I need you to get, start studying. I need you to get an example. And then I need you to go off in your own time and do it in a smaller scale. I promise you, if they're doing it in the animal kingdom, they literally are outdoing us because we're not doing that. Then I went ahead and went to uh, newhavenrtc.com. And it said that eaglets start their flight training by doing what they have for months watching their parents do, spreading their wings. Drafts of wind catch the outstretched wings and levitate the fledging slightly from the nest, giving it a feel for flight. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me. I need you to get so close, so close to what it is that God wants you to do that when you see someone else walking it out, it inspires you and inflicts something in you that makes you say, I want to feel that. I want to walk in that. I want to, God called you to be a preacher. I want you to start preaching to yourself. I want you to write up sermons. I want you to see what it feels like to stand up in, in the mirror and, or in the pulpit. I don't care if it's a desk, a dining table, whatever it is. I need you to start preaching that way. Why do you think that when little girls really are destined to be singers, what do they grab? They don't grab a mic. They grab a hairbrush. They grab a hairbrush and they perform it in a room and they do it in front of the mirror and they do all these different things that mimic being on a stage. I need you to go ahead and stop and go back to being that that small little girl, that small little boy who on the bigger stage, you know what it is that you, you are aiming to get to be. But now you're going to do it on a smaller stage just so that you get the feel of what that performance will feel like. I want you to go back to going back to that little girl, that little boy who on a smaller scale mimics what you ultimately want to feel for your promise. There is something in, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if it's 
embodied in your frustration. I don't know if it's embodied in your irritation. I don't know if it's embodied on your day to day, but there is something that is currently happening in the lane of your life that God is like, if you just go ahead and let the wind carry you to the finish line, I promise you, you'll start to see that all of this was for a reason that nothing was meant to just frustrate you, that nothing was meant to just irritate you, that everything was a catalyst to show you that there's an opportunity for you to do better for you to get to greater. These are all opportunities let's start mislabeling them as frustrations these are situations that are prompting you to the promise because if a bird wouldn't see their parents flying then then where would they get prompted to fly if a bird didn't see matter of fact let me try this on a smaller scale let me try this from one branch to another um let me go ahead and catch that wind real quick if there was no wind then where would the prompting be Maybe, just maybe, you're being prompted to your promise. Maybe, just maybe, you're being prompted to fly. That particular stance made me think about Peter. I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, show me what it is that you want me to convey. He said, I want you to go back to Matthew 14. I said, in the NLT version, he said, duh, isn't that what you read from? I said, Holy Spirit, what happened? He was like, that's how I talk to you. You know I'll be playing. I said, stop. (laughs) Holy Spirit, you on one. I ain't going to hold you. So I went to Matthew 14, and I went to uh, verse 22, where it is uh, subtitled that Jesus is walking on water, but we all know that it's Peter, right? And so I want to go ahead and read it in that vein. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Pause, because you know this is after he fed, fed the 5,000 men, right, and women all in one day. So he was tired, and Jesus is an introvert. So he was like, um, get thee away from me. That's how he went ahead and said. Okay, 23. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. 24. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Mm, come on, Holy Spirit. <laughs> a strong what? Wind. Didn't we just read that the wind that actually carried the bird to make it get the feel of flight is actually the wind that is actually putting the uh, disciples in some type of trouble? Was the wind a mistake? Was the wind um, something that was happenstance? Or was the wind the very thing that was going to carry Peter to his next promise? Let's read. 25. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. 27, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. 28, then big bowed Peter. Then Peter called to him. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. 29, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus, 30. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. 31, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, 
Jesus said, why did you doubt me? I want to stop there. I hope you felt that. Peter saw something that was supposed to propel him. 30 says that, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. It wasn't what he saw. It was his response, his emotional response to what he saw. Because it could have just read that he saw the strong wind in the waves and he walked to Jesus. But how he interprets strong waves and strong winds made him terrified. And that is what caused him to sink. So immediately he did what was smart, but what he didn't have to do. Save me, Lord, he shouted. But Jesus grabbed out to him and asked him, why is your faith so small? Why have so little faith? But when Jesus grabbed him, he asked him, why did you doubt me? Oh, Father God, I pray that there's never a situation that you made me for. That when you go back to ask me why I didn't do it, it wasn't what I didn't do. It's the fact that you look at me and say, why did I doubt you? Father God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that whatever it is that you customize me for, that I have the courage to walk it out. I pray that I look at strong winds and strong waves as of everything that's going to propel me to my promise. I pray that when you go ahead and place your thumb on me, when you go ahead and you put your super on my natural, that I look at the strong winds and waves as you're going to carry me to my blessing and not that you're going to be the thing that scares me from it. I pray that when you come back and you ask me what it is that I did with my life, that I will say I did exactly what you called me to do because when you look at my life and you look at how I walked it out I don't ever want it looking like why did I doubt you you mean to tell me when you don't carry something out the heavenly looks at you like why did you doubt Jesus no 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 the winds is doing what it's supposed to do the waves is doing what it's supposed to do the I mean it's also doing what it's supposed to do I dared not get in the center of what was supposed to propel me and be the very thing that makes it look like why did you doubt him why did you doubt him I don't care how intense it gets. Why did you doubt him? I don't care how intense it gets. Why did you doubt him? I don't care how intense it gets. Why did you doubt him? Mm. (laughs) I feel like I got to clap in my spirit. (laughs) I feel like I got to go ahead and start running in this thing. I feel like when it comes to your lane, you got to start doing something different. I pray that when it starts getting to your promise that you stop playing with Jesus. I pray that when it comes to things that is, they're already in line with what they were supposed to do, that you go ahead and get in line with them. Like, thank God for the strong wind in the waves, because without you, I wouldn't have seen Jesus walk on water. And if I even blessed to see that Jesus is walking on water and he told me to come out with him, then it's just going to be the wind zone with they supposed to do that the strong waves is doing what they're supposed to do that everything in the natural realm is doing what they're supposed to do while I'm on this water doing what I was called to do because if Jesus called me to walk on this water then I'm going to do what I'm called to do while you were called to do what you're doing do you understand it is never going to be a conflict when it comes to the spiritual realm that nothing is happening against me everything is happening for me it it just so happens that when I'm called to walk on this water that there's strong winds and waves it's not a happenstance it's 
It's the very thing that's going to carry me to Jesus is how I'm going to start looking at it. It's not a frustration. It's the very thing that's going to carry me to my promise. It's not the thing that irritates me. It's not the boss no more. It's nobody else. But you were positioned to help me propel to my promise. Do you understand me? Come on, Holy Spirit. We're not getting tied up no more. We're not getting wrapped up. And you know what? It would have been different. I would have walked further if the winds wasn't. Why, why are we going to look at the winds? The winds is doing what, a, what winds do. Wind is supposed to be wind. Okay? We're going to look at the waves and say, but if you were a little bit calmer, you know, I would have felt a little. Why? Waves is doing what waves was called to do. Wavering. Okay? You're going to look, well, if I had a nicer boss, you know, somebody who, do, who, who valued me. Why? When someone has a corroded heart, <laughs> Pharaoh is doing what Pharaoh was supposed to be doing. Pharaohing, okay? Oh, but if I had more money, then I would be brave enough to go ahead and go into that particular field and do that particular thing God was supposed to say. Why? Your tax bracket is doing what your tax bracket is supposed to be doing. Tax bracketing, okay? What, what happened? But if I had less kids, but if I had more supportive family, why? Less support is doing what less support is supposed to be doing. Less supported in it. You know why? Because when it comes up, when God goes ahead and gives that thing to you, when you go ahead and start walking in that thing, can't nobody say that they helped you do it. And you can't do nothing but when you tell your story, but point back to God. So come on, let's support. <laughs> come on, people who fell through. <laughs> come on. And what that mean? It's doing what it was called to do. Are you doing what you was called to do? Do your part. Do your part. Everybody else is in line. Everybody else is in line. <laughs> but you. You dare not have Jesus walk over to you and say, why'd you doubt me? Why'd you doubt me? Why'd you doubt that I can propel you out of that job? Why'd you doubt me? Why'd you doubt that I can give, give you a better relationship? Why'd you doubt me? Why'd you doubt that I can do some miraculous things with finances on your behalf? Why'd you doubt me? Why'd you doubt me? Why'd you doubt that I can turn that core hearing around? Why'd you doubt me? Why'd you doubt? Why? Because everything around you scared you, but everything around you is doing what it was supposed to do. If Jesus felt like Peter couldn't walk on water with him, you think he would have allowed the wind and waves to do that? God knows the environment that you can that you can advance in. If he knew you couldn't advance in it, he wouldn't have created that challenge. He would have said, hold on, real quick, waves, be easy, be still. <laughs> we read in another verse, in a whole other chapter, that Jesus knows how to calm the wind and the waves. He knows. When them boys woke him up and was like, don't you care? We getting ready to drown, sir. Read your Bible. It's in it. Jesus said, um, peace be still. He knows how to calm the winds and the waves, but that wasn't a requirement for Peter to walk on water. Come on, Holy Spirit. If it was a requirement, he would have calmed it. It's not a requirement for you to propel without that boss. It's not a requirement for you to have that particular accolade for you to get that promotion. It's not a requirement because if it was, then Jesus would have gave it to you. So when you don't carry it out, he looks at you like, why you doubt me? I literally create the environment for you to excel in. When God hovered over the earth before it was all the things that was in it, he knew the environment you needed 
to excel in. Imagine God hovering over it, seeing that you're going to need sun. So let me go ahead and create this light real quick. You're going to need something to eat. So let me go ahead and start planting some stuff and creating some stuff. You're going to need some water. So let me go ahead and do this, that, and the third. Oh, you're going to need some companionship because it's not good for man to be alone. God creates the very essence, the very external, the very, the very thing, environment that you need to excel in. He didn't stop doing that in Genesis. He does it in your life. He's still doing it in your life. He's still hovering over that situation and going, this is what you need to propel. This is what you need to excel. <laughs> this is what you need that's going to prompt you to the next level. <laughs> this is what you need. Had it not been for this, you would have never went ahead and tried that. Let me go ahead and create this circumstance. He's creating all these things, and he's not calming things down, but he's inflicting you to have courage enough to go ahead and do the next best thing. He's propelling you to do the next best thing. Come on. Come on, baby. <laughs> Come on, mama. Come on, sir. Come on. We're not staying here. Come on. We're not going to blame the environment anymore. We're not going to blame anything external. He already gave it to you. Because if you needed another set of environmental factors to excel, he would have created it. Now just look at the environment like this wind is going to propel me. <laughs> this is the very wind that's going to teach me how to fly. <laughs> Without this particular wind, I would have never got out the nest. <laughs> I would have never got the courage to do some stuff if I didn't see other people leaving the nest before me. <laughs> Let me go ahead and start doing some things with these frustrating factors. Let me go ahead. I know it's not ideal, but it don't mean I can't win. Many of people have won in, in ideal situations. I, I just told you a whole steeplechase buddy a couple conversations ago. Buddy lost a shoe, but he still won like we looking at ideal situations and thinking that's the only way to win you better start looking up some folks that won despite of you better go ahead and put a despite of discernment on your life you better go ahead and start doing something different we're not losing no more because of external factors it was the very thing that was supposed to propel you to the promise let's go let's go let's go my challenge to you you feel me? <laughs> Is we going to do the very thing that I just said? Come on, bro. We going to let the animal kingdom outperform us? I think not. We going to let a little birdie bird do something different and we call? We got a soul? And we're a little lower than angels? I think not. We ain't doing that no more. I'm not performing on that level. Mm-mm. Have a nice day, okay? My challenge to you. I'm not even going to. Just let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Like, that's it. I'm not, that, you don't need nothing else. That's it. Matter of fact, I'm about to bang on you. Um, you know what these conversations are, okay? Life-provoking conversations. Conversations that not everybody's going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl, okay? When we get off this phone, I need you to feel a clap in your spirit. When we get off this phone, I need you to go ahead and put pen to paper and write a strategy down. When we get off this phone, I need you to go ahead and tell God and, and repent and tell him, I'm sorry that I allowed these external situations to keep me cemented in places that you wanted me to propel out of. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that when I sank, that when I had the inability to carry it out, that it actually looks like I doubted you. I'm sorry. Let's go. Do you understand? I'm hyped. I'm getting ready to put pen to paper. I got to get off the phone because that's the kind of level that I'm on. You understand? I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go later. <laughs>